You're listening to Much About Nothing. Hey guys, this is Bon. It's Diane, what's up? This is Dane. And we have a guest today. Please introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name's Paolo. I consider myself a New Yorker now. Are you? Uh, Where, where's that accent from? <laughs> I'm Filipino. Oh, nice. When did you, you come to New York? I'd say about three and a half years ago. Coming straight from my three year stint in Chicago. Okay. When did you come to America? I'd say seven years ago. Pretty much grew up in Manila, the okay. capital of the Philippines. For anyone of you who doesn't know where the Philippines is, <laughs> it's Southeast Asia. Oh, we, we, we know everything about the Philippines. We, we, we follow their leader. Oh, my President Duterte. <laughs> I, I, got, I got Trump for my president in the U.S. and I got Duterte back home. Damn, brutal. Winning, winning, the, winning the game right there. Well, when did he become president? I think three years ago. He's popular vote though, no? Back then. Not anymore? Uh, hard to say. I haven't really kept a... I feel like his approval ratings are actually very high, surprisingly. All real Filipinos approve of him, right? Uh, all true Filipinos? Uh, all, of, uh, all of the upper class would... I'm going to back this. I'm going to, I mean, for everyone listening, let's, uh, let's talk about how we met Paolo. All three of us, actually. We, uh, we all climb, boulder, rock climb, wherever we want it, whatever it's called. And uh, Paolo is this guy there that was uh, not boring. He was actually the most interesting person there. Very interesting guy. You know, when you meet someone and they're just like chill as fuck and you just smile and they're just, you can just easily talk to them. That's Paolo. Uh, I don't know. That's my interpretation. Yeah. What about you? Good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this guy's always smiling, and he's got all these cool friends around him. I was like, this guy's cool, I guess. Uh. But you know you know what I love about Paolo is he's not afraid to shoot his shot. You know how <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things, it's like you see guys at the, at the gym, and they're just like, oh, do, do you, do, do you want to... Uh. Uh, you mean they hang around girls uh, hoping they'll throw them a pussy token? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paolo, Paolo, Paolo straight up like, Paolo's like, yo, what's yeah. up? And I'm like, yo... See, this dude's uh, interesting. That's the that's the brute patient force approach. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta go straight to it. Straight get straight to the point. And that's when I saw that in Paula. I was just like, yo, all right. That's this dude uh he's not afraid. That's cool. He's got confidence. Exactly. And you're a really strong climber that always took his shirt off for some reason. Yo <laughs> don't don't be fooling the the audience, yeah. I don't think he takes his shirt off. No, he doesn't. But he is quite fucking strong. It's like inverse, inversely correlated. Like the the worse you are climbing, the more likely you are to take your shirt off. Because yeah, you want everybody to know like how hard you're exerting yourself, even though you're not really accomplishing anything. But the ones that are really good, they're like, don't need to take my shirt off. Just you know, they wear like get everything denim done. jeans. Yeah, denim jeans. Yeah, very casual. I mean, that's like the Japanese, right? Oh yeah, when they climb. I don't think the Japanese would ever, like a true Japanese person would never take their shirt off. It would Except be, for it Goku. Would, it would be impolite. What's his name? The guy at the gym. I call him Goku. Ken. Ken. The ramen guy. Oh, yeah. That guy's ripped. He used to be a boxer, right? Boxer? Paolo, did he used to be a boxer? Do you know him? I know how to box. 
I grew up in the Philippines where things can get pretty dicey pretty quickly. The the land of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you want him to be president? Ooh. The way things are now, it wouldn't hurt having a president who may not have the best qualifications but has fifty knockouts. Fifty knockouts. <laughs> and has the intent to actually help. I heard he's know? pretty good at basketball. Yo, yeah, he yeah. can ball, he, he dude. He played for the Philippine national team. He can yeah. sing better than he plays basketball. Sing? He sings? Oh, well, th- yeah, that's nice. because he's Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he was born with a karaoke mic in his left hand. Yeah. I was actually um, a reading up on the guy who went, invented the karaoke machine. The you know, it was guy? a Japanese guy. Karaoke, yeah. But he never patented it because he was like, oh, everyone should uh, enjoy... enjoy you know, playing with the karaoke or singing with the karaoke, but you know who patented patented it? It was a Filipino guy, and he made like a shit ton of money. What? So, quick question. Yep. As a non-Filipino, when you meet a Filipino, is karaoke like really one of the stereotypes? You know? Okay, so I I, I would mean, say yeah, yeah, they sing very well and they uh, dance, dance very really well. well. Come on, I mean, that's, I guess that's one of the stereotypes. Isn't the Jabba Walkies, you know that group? Remember that group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they're like all Filipino, even though you can't see their face. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think, think they're like Asian, three, but I feel three like... quarters of them are Filipino. Yeah, most of them are Filipino. Yeah. I mean, they're good at moving and singing, and they just know what's up. But is that true, or is that... Are we... Is that just a stereotype? I mean, I can't argue Filipinos love karaoke, but... Koreans love karaoke too, right? And no, I mean, I feel, yeah. I feel no, like no, but I'm talking about talent. Like, it's like the natural oozing, uh, like, flow of, like, I can move, break dance, and, like, sing, sing my heart out. Okay. I, I can't, you know, the arcades back at home, you got, like, you're racing, you're basketball. Right. There's games for karaoke. You go into a booth in an arcade, like, you're Dave and Busters, and you got karaoke booths. Mm. I don't see that in America. No, we don't. We, we, <laughs> it's not a so, big, it's like, so it's like a sing-off? Yeah, oh, in, in, cool. in, in an arcade. That's fine. <laughs> but, I mean, when you came here... Oh, Jesus. Fourth of July. By the way, it's the 4th of July, guys. Happy Independence Day. Woo-hoo. We're going to let the this guy I mean, the car... Even has, though the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 2nd, that's technicality. July 4th <laughs> is the true day. Damn. It's all good. Um. Everything so you came here... Seven years ago, you said? Yeah, seven years ago. Whole family? Or just you? The the family started off like decades ago. Mm-hmm. My dad has nine other siblings, and right. one by one they trickled in. Me and my siblings right. grew up in Manila while my dad was so-called one of the overseas Filipino workers. Right. Working in America. Cruise worker. Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> accountant. Accountant. Oh, oh, oh shit. White collar. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good for him. Sorry, I didn't mean to generalize. So he would work as an accountant in the States and then he'd send money back home? Yeah. What was it like money gram? How do you guys do that? Uh, I, was, I was always curious. I don't know. Ma- Ma- Mama handled all the money. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. I know you guys send like big boxes filled with uh, used clothes. That is a thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Vietnamese people do that. Mm. Every time my parents come back, they take advantage of how much they can check in and the weight. Mm. And it's all clothes they donate or medicine or vitamins that they can bring back for the elderly or young people. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's very nice. Help out the clan. Yeah, so we were studying there and the idea was as soon as each kid finishes 
college. Yeah. They could slowly trickle in mm. to the U.S. What was it? What was it like growing up in the Philippines as a kid? For me, my family's a middle class family, and what that means for a third world like country is amazing. Right. Like seventy percent of the Philippines is under is like under poverty lines. Yeah. Make less than a dollar a day, all that stuff. I uh, can't quite put a number on it, but mm. like living day by day. So if you are a middle class, like you have house helps to clean for you, to cook for you. And you had house help. Yeah. We How got, much house help you have? Filipino house. Help. We have <laughs> we have two house helps okay. who stay in. Oh shit. Oh wow! Yeah. So they like live with you guys, and uh, they have their own room, and then they clean, they cook, they pretty much do everything. Were they young and hot? Yo, I'm, I'm I was a brat. I would practice karate on my <laughs> <laughs> on my house house. I, I had so much energy growing up. Like my siblings were like very polite and respectful, but I was like a millennial. With growing up with MTV, so I would watch all these like karate kid movies, ninjas. I would just karate chop our house helps. Can, can you break down the the sibling uh, age, ages, and everything? Where you sit in it? My parents really had a good family planning. All of us have a two year age gap. Wow! So the eldest is thirty six. Okay, and then the second child. Is thirty four. I'm thirty two, mm-hmm. or thirty one. I can't remember. And then <laughs> the fourth child, the only girl in the family, is thirty. Wow. I'm the third of four kids. Are they all in the states or? Yeah, we're all in the states. So the the plan kind of worked out pretty well. Oh. So are they in Chicago and you're in New York? You're the only one in New York. The eldest sibling is living here in New York. I lived with him for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is in Chicago. Mm. Yeah. That's a I, I was like That's American all right, For for what reason did you guys go to Chicago? Cuz it's like fucking cold in the winter, so I f- I would feel like most Filipinos would go to like California or someplace warmer. Uh it was dictated by the the clan, you know, it so happens that Chicago was the launching pad of the whole clan. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all started. So the safest bet would be like to move there. Mm-hmm. You have the whole support system going on. Right. So my dad was there. Oh, okay. In this city. And now you're in New York. Yeah, Chicago got old pretty quick. I mean, you love New York, no? Would you go? New- would you? Would you move anywhere else? Would you live anywhere else? Um, I've always told myself I want to move to three different cities before I settle down. Okay. And I'm only on my second one. So you want to you wanna try something else? Where would you go? Alabama. Ah, uh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Alabama? Well, I feel like it's not diverse enough um, as far as like food and culture. And right, right. Texas. Texas? I'm not completely opposed to Texas. No, no, me either. Yeah, I'm not completely opposed California. to California. Texas is pretty diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, just symmetrically, maybe like east. So you're going mid- Midwest, East Coast, somewhere on the le- somewhere on the West Coast. So he's gonna pick West Coast or like South. Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego. <laughs> maybe. You know, this whole pandemic got me thinking about like a move. Where though? Where? Let, let's be real. Where? Maybe maybe it takes you to go somewhere to be like, I mean, maybe Los Angeles could rival New York, but me and Diane always say this. Where, where where would you go other than New York? Maybe we're being biased. Don't you agree? Like, no, I think we're very biased. Yeah, I would love to move to like Singapore or Hong Kong or Japan. Okay, oh, you want to go outside global, of this, global like cities, cities yeah, yeah. all over, uh-huh. oh, like, okay. including Milan. That's you already you already on three cities, right? <laughs> Technically, right. Wait, you lived in Milan? No, or you're trying to say Manila. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> wow. Dude, no, no, dude, I confuse those cities all the time. Manila and Milan. I'm well, like, yeah. People They're do so look the different. same from. Yeah, yeah. He looks so like Italian. The thriller in Manila. 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 And then there's Milano, the cookie. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. So yeah, good. I just track. Yeah, fine. but I guess if you, can, if you count Manila, I have lived in oh, yeah. three cities. Well, one more. That sounds yeah, good. No, but nowhere in Europe, you're not interested? Or... Australia. Um, I, I would see you in Australia. I don't know. I don't, I've never been, so it's hard for me to say if I want to move there. You know? Just imagine Carm times three million people. <laughs> that sounds like my worst nightmare. Right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I'll be shooting my shot there. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So I recently photographed you. I took a portrait of you. I really found it really fun because your hair was very wild, uncut, grown out. And I think the pictures came out really fucking awesome. But what I really loved was how confident you were in letting me do it. Because, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I remember, do you remember my GoPro camera? Uh-huh. I remember recording you and recording you very closely. And you're like, no, don't, don't. Don't get too close. And I'm like, why? And you said, I'm self-conscious of, you know, the physical features. And I was just like, well, you're too confident to be conscious of it, you know? But then you told me after the shoot that you were like, it's actually nice to have portraits of yourself collected. And I'm wondering why. Okay, a little context. So I have a congenital cleft in the right. palate as a child. So my case was pretty severe. Like growing up, I've had about a dozen surgeries. Okay. Ranging from fixing the lip. Can you explain exactly? I've never actually understood, like, like learned what exactly is a cleft no palate. Other than it's like, it's like on your upper lip. So imagine your upper lip and under your nose, that whole region is underdeveloped, so there's no bone or teeth or cartilage that developed okay. as a baby. Oh, okay. So there's a huge gap in there. So what happens as a kid is you have a hard time digesting food. Mm. Like food would just spill out of your nose. Mm. And it affects your speech as well. Right. So that's the major problem. And you can imagine as a kid, if you're having a hard time consuming your food, right, right, right. then it can be a big problem. So right. growing up, fast forward, 12 surgeries, came out of all of that effort, not 
reaching the result that I wanted to. Right, right, right. So that, and, and I'll tell you this: it's like I think that you know, initially when I first met you, I was like, oh, there is from my knowledge of cleft palate or whatever. I'm like, oh, there must be something there, but I never actually want like asked you or you know, like wondered. And I think it's kind of cool that you're sharing with us for the first time. Well, with me specifically about it. Because, like, I'm on like, oh, honestly, like, I don't know much about it. Like, that, you uh-huh. it's like, no one really talks about it, right? You can Google it, but uh-huh. I've never had someone talk about it, you know, personally and what that feels like, you know? Uh-huh. So I didn't, like, when you said 12 surgeries, like, damn, does it take Yeah, I thought it was much? just, like, literally one surgery and yeah, you just got, fix it. I mean, I was like, oh, it's a gap in between the lip. Just, uh-huh. just stitch the lips and then that's it. Like, that's, you're just done. But... The, Obviously, I, I, it's yeah, not. I don't have any experience yeah, with it. It's yeah. not like yeah. it's not just like plastic surgery, right? Right. Because depending on the case, it could be a really easy case where you just stitch it, as you say, or yeah, yeah. there's like right, a right. Inter, like a multidisciplinary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. treatment where you have to fix the roof of your mouth, right? To adjusting the jaw. Oh, so to, it's like it's like deep, like yeah, all yeah, around uh-huh. structural. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's oh. structural. Interesting. But you turned out fucking great. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, first I time, mean, no. First, uh, first time I met you, I was like, yo, that guy is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, he sounds interesting. He is interesting. He looks interesting. Like, mem- like memorable. To, but not no, in, a, in any, any bad way. No, no, like, yeah, seriously. Everybody like, else, I don't... I'm forgettable. But I was like, oh, that guy's interesting. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, when I showed Mustafa, like, your photo, he goes, that dude. He chose you first. He's like, he's the most interesting person. Genuinely, like, a character, you know? And I think that, like... My question is, like, within those 12 surgeries, as a kid growing up, was it within a span of, like, the 10 years of growing up? Like, from zero to 10, like, a baby to 10 years old? Or was it, when was the last, like, okay, you feel like you're in a good spot? Uh, I think uh, the first uh, three years or the first two years, it was a barrage of four or five surgeries. Back to back? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And then... Around primary school, mm-hmm. maybe two or three, high school, about two. And then as an adult was when the rest of the superficial surgeries, right, so right, to say, right, right. For, for development before you can actually do superficial. Yeah. Is that the reasoning? Yeah, because at least the case or the plan of the doctor was for the bones and my facial structure to develop right, right, right. before they do the oh, surgery. Right. But when you think about how the doctors in the Western society does it now, what Dayun was saying a while ago, like, oh, I thought one, two surgeries, that's it. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays with how they've developed the surgeries, mm. I think as a baby, oh, they can just there, there's a higher chance, depending on how severe the case is, mm. they might be able to fix it within the first two or three years of oh, the child. Man. Because the baby can develop and kind of shape, yeah. basically. As opposed to when I was a kid, the whole... You have to uh, wait. To yeah, like the, the school of thought back then was like different. Right. So you had surgeries in the Philippines and in the States? Yeah. Wow. So wow. about three in Chicago. Three in Chicago. Interesting. Wow, that's so that's recent. Yeah, the the last one was right before I left Chicago four years ago. Oh. Are you? Is it all 
finished You're now? good and or uh, is, is there anything left undone? Well, the the ultimate goal for me was because I have uh, an, a severe overbite, mm. so my speech is very lispy. Right. So the last surgery was actually to pull my jaw back all the way a few oh, millimeters, wow. so that my tongue doesn't like uh, slither. Right. Over my upper teeth. Yeah. Can can I say something? I actually I love your lisp. <laughs> I honestly think it's like it's who you are, if that makes sense. And I think you embrace it and just like yeah. unless it's a subconscious thing, you, you want to get rid of it. But I actually like think it's like I definitely wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I right. yeah. You want to get rid of the lisp? Wow. Because like, of course, like as a kid, like you you realize you look different than everybody else. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you also realize you sound different than everybody else. Mm. So it affects you like you want to get rid of the thing that makes yeah. you stick out. Yeah. In a sense. Next time I see you, you can be like, "Hi, I'm Paolo," and I'm like, uh-huh. "Oh, Paolo, no, <laughs> no, Paolo." <laughs> so I've given like up your like soul. a soul. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's just kidding, it's kidding. So yeah. at, at some point, I've I've given up on the fact of like looking like a freaking supermodel like i don't care like yeah Yo, let's, let's do it. okay for everyone listening if you saw a picture of paolo's body he's fit as fuck he's like muscular he's and ripped. like he's fucking ripped i'm very fit <laughs> i wish i had that body <laughs> you could yeah. yeah but i mean like like i guess like as a kid growing up you know it must have affected you in a sense of like the self-consciousness and oh growing up in an old boys catholic school oh you went to all boys catholic school yeah it's okay it's rough and were you the only um your siblings they didn't they, they weren't born with uh no it was talent? just me just yeah, you yeah, yeah. Oh, okay what's the cause of it oh. is it like a genetic thing it's like random congenital something? yeah it's congenital yeah. some people say like hocus pocus when your mom is carrying you, they hit something. That's not really the case. It's really a malnutrition towards a specific vitamin. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, what's the word for it? Where insufficient. Like Underdevelopment. Def- deficiency. Vitamin, yeah, there uh, you go. vitamin deficiency. Yeah, there's uh, a vitamin deficiency. I can't quite remember which one it is, but that leads mm-hmm. to the underdevelopment of that whole area. Interesting. Right, right, right. Huh. I mean, those gummy bears. Gotta, <laughs> gotta take those gummy bears. I mean, yeah, that, that's why they have the multivitamin gummy uh, bears. The uh, adult vitamin gummy bears. Yeah. Costco, man. Let's eat those uh, Flintstone vitamins. They're oh, I love so those nice. growing up. I would snack on I those. I really like yeah. them. I only like the grape ones. The purple ones. Mm. I like the gummy bear ones. Gummy bear ones are good. Yeah. yeah but it's like, it just tastes like stale gummy bears. Yeah. And it's, but it still tastes okay. Yeah. Do you let it melt in your mouth or you. T- Gummy bears? Yeah. I no, chew on them. The Flintstone yeah. ones. Oh, the, the Flintstone one? Yeah, I just like ones. smash through. I just like bite it and then uh-huh. I just swallow. Cause I don't. I don't like the taste. Melts in your mouth, girl. Not in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Take it to the candy shop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, so. So yeah. this is your chance. Oh, sorry, about no, no, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, whoever like tormented you at the All Boys Catholic School, call him out. Call him out right now. We'll fuck him up. Call him that punk motherfucker now. <laughs> I. It's been so long that I actually can't remember. Oh no, no, no hidden vendettas. There are maybe one or two p- people that 
is still in the back of my mind. Oh, that's the that main happened. villain of my narrative. Mm-hmm. That probably if I see him, I wouldn't mind like giving him like a sucker punch. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, like my my high school and college days turned out amazing. Mm. Like college in U.S. right? In no, like college back in Manila oh, too. Okay. Cool. Yeah, like I think. Because I was bullied as a little kid, I learned how to adopt the situations, read people's behavior, environments. Mm-hmm. And halfway through high school, I learned how to read people. And on my senior year of high school, right. I ran for student council president. Oh, shit. And I was the president of like 1,200 students. Damn. Damn. You should run for presidency. Did you have a, Did you have like a harem or a concubine? No, it's kidding. <laughs> no, modern as, day modern day presidents. No, <laughs> as a young age, I knew the the concept of diversity. So my whole slate was like super diverse. You got the mm-hmm. jockey, you got the nerd, you got the photographer, the oh, artist. Shit. So exploiting different subcultures of the high school mm-hmm, society, mm-hmm. and that's how. My whole slate one. So you were the puppet master, basically. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I was a marketer. Mm. Even at the you, very you young age. You knew what to do. You to knew what to do. You knew how to link people together and like basically connect everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just listening to how people react to you. Well, that's cool. I mean, like being able to adapt and just kind of grow that way. I mean, it makes you who you are now. No? It's like... You keep going and you kind of like keep learning. I don't what, know. What did you study in college? Uh, I started out taking up industrial engineering. Hmm. I sucked at it. <laughs> Just because out of high school, I was, for a lack of a better word, smart enough to not study and still mm-hmm. get Bye. like straight A's. Mm-hmm. But then in college, it was a whole different category altogether right and then college was co-ed so it was the first time like oh shit like look at these ladies look at these ladies and then all the curricular activities and you and, can start drinking and more ladies <laughs> yeah. and uh, other activities <laughs> yeah. yeah so no- it's like nocturnal okay. activities yeah. so college came in yeah. like oh i don't even have to put that much effort because historically I'll, I'll be fine even if i don't study but lo and behold college was hard I wasn't interested in the subject. So within a year, I switched course into marketing. Ah, mm. And that worked for, out for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I love my career right now. I think That's that makes good. sense. You're, you were talking about like you can read people and like adapt. And a lot of that is like kind of the foundation for marketing, right? Yeah, you exactly. You have to read exactly. people. Yeah, you got to figure out what they want. Yeah, I feel like marketing attracts a lot of different people across the spectrum. Like, it's not like a certain type of people that go to marketing, but it's like, you know, people who study psychology end up there. People, I don't know. Like, I, when I was growing up, I, I wasn't like, I want to be in digital marketing. Like, that shit didn't even exist, right? What was your college degree? I I started off as a history major. And then uh, and then it was like, that. Like what are you going to do with a history major? Like, Start an Instagram account, right? <laughs> You, I mean, you can be a you can be a lawyer. I feel like a lot of people become lawyers. 
No. But like, I didn't want to be a lawyer. Lawyers are for smart people who can't make any money. So they're like, all right, fine. No, but a lot, of the, a, lot of, a lot of them are like political science or history majors. Um, can't make any money. So I was like, I gotta make some money. So I, I don't know. I switched to economics. So I, I majored in economics. I was like, okay, I'll be a, I'll go into investment banking. <laughs> and then the financial crisis happened. And I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Fascinating. And then... I started. I studied marketing too. Yeah, I don't know why you studied marketing. It was the 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 major that took the least amount of effort to pass okay. all the classes. Actually, exactly yeah. like yeah. that. That was a stereotype. Like studied abroad, like you, four you, semesters. Uh-huh. Hell yeah! So yeah. marketing is kind of like a bullshit major. Yeah, yeah. I only took like in total, I only took like four marketing classes, and I still got the major. Mm. I studied like uh, I studied uh, philosophy under Buddhist in Thailand. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Studied, uh, I studied painting in Florence, and then I studied like politi- I studied creative writing in Argentina. You're like the Medici. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, because it was like because I had so many free credits to use. I was like, oh, great, great. I'll just use them to, um, like study other things under the guise of marketing. But then you know, four years later, I was like, they were like, oh, you graduated. Here's a degree. And I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything I studied. Yeah. I'm not even offended that you say like everybody can pass marketing. Yeah, yeah. So even in Asia, like yeah. literally everybody can pass marketing. It's like the only way you can set yourself apart is like to actually be like a rock star in the industry. Like pretty much, I think anyone can pass marketing. Yeah. yeah. I think marketing get, also gets like a bad rap sometimes, like. You know, especially like internet marketing or uh, yeah, digital yeah. marketing, people are like, "Oh, what is that? Like uh, the new type of telemarketing?" I don't know. Yeah, peddling future garbage to people who don't need it, maybe. But you know, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of unclear. Like to be honest, on my point, it's like sometimes it's so skewed, it's so broad. I don't know when someone's like, "Oh, I'm in marketing." I'm like, "What does that mean?" Like, I mean, yeah, it is. Is it is it's it like broad? Is it like? What t- you know, I feel like there's so many types of marketing, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah, I'm in marketing, like, digital or internal for a brand, or, yep. you know? It's it's very interesting. I mean, the company you're at is a, which I guess, We're an apparel, apparel fashion company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you love it right now? Are you, you happy with it? Uh, It's taking me to where I want to be. Okay. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Oh. Like, well, what's what's the goal? What's the goal what's in the, life? What's the goal in life? Oh, that's a tough question. Two chicks yeah. at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> at least once. <laughs> other than that, other this than is that. marketing. Okay, other, other than, than that, that, yeah. I mean, right now I'm still, I'm still relatively young, discovering what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I can just continue to thread the path that's in front of me. It's right. taken me from Manila to Chicago to New York, this company, and marketing keeps on evolving. Yeah. So I think that's the cool thing about marketing. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, f- at least for digital marketing, it's like it's constantly changing. Uh-huh. So it's never Adapting. boring. It's never boring. And I feel like, uh, especially digital marketing, it's just getting more and more important mm-hmm. because like every, so co- advanced, every company is basically becoming a, Everything is becoming a tech company. Yeah. Like even hospitals have to think about tech, right? So yeah, even all my Sox money company. all my money is in uh, AI. 
tech stuff. <laughs> Probably a bad idea, but uh, bro, since you said that on this podcast, I'm gonna sell all my tech stocks. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that signals the top right there. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Paulo, have you ever been in love before? I have to ask this to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I would say so. Different gradations of love. Different gradation. Give yeah. us the highest gradation. Highest gradations. Definitely never been obsessed. Suicidal infatuation or mild musing crush? Uh, I've been with two, three women intimately. Crushes for sure. Everybody goes through that. Right. But I think with me as well is I don't feel that I need a woman to be a complete person. Oh, okay. So you're gay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> like, you y- you hear about people like constantly being in relationships. Yeah, yeah. Throughout high course. school, college, uh, and right. I want that. I want that. But it's not like the first thing off the top of your. Life. There's people that like make it their priority. Yeah, I need yeah. to get married, have kids. Isn't that such a hassle sometimes? And for me personally, it I'm is. Like, yeah, I, for I've a Filipino uh, yeah. living in New York, <laughs> as me, it's a lot of work. Lot Wait, of work. what's yeah. a hassle? Um, like maintaining thinking, the relationship. Yeah, thinking yeah. about relationship is like the first goal. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like uh, you got to weigh the pros and cons, right? Right. Yeah, I've never, yeah. I've never really clinged on to someone. Like, if you don't want it, fine by me. I'm not gonna be chasing anyone. Right. You know. Mm. No, I mean, have you have you had a have you dated anybody in New York since you've came here? No, not in New York. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me like I'm pursuing, I'm dating, mm-hmm. I'm seeing people, but I don't, I haven't had a girlfriend in New York. Hmm. Hooking up is different from right, right. Finding re- like a relationship that's steady yeah, yeah, and just yeah. like actually like that's the thing with New York. I mean, our last guest, we talked about it with her, and she's like, dude, it's Sorry. rough. She's like, she's like, it fucking sucks in New York. It's like the worst city to date. So what was the main takeaway for... No, she just said it was rough. Like her time being in New York has always (laughs) been rough with like love and everything, relationships. It's just like, it's been up and down and up and down, you know? You should listen to the podcast. It's very interesting, actually. Okay, okay. I mean, but a lot of people say that about New York where it's hard to date because I feel like New York attracts a lot of people who are successful and relatively better looking and like no one wants to kind of settle down. Everybody's like... It's also, they can do better. Yeah, they th- always it's, think they It's also self-obsessive, if that makes sense. Everyone's yeah, it's like, like me, a very, me, me. It's no? very um, navel gazers. Yeah, individualistic <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Did you say navel gazer? <laughs> yeah, which means you know just looking at sizing your pe- sizing up your penis all the time. Uh, yeah. Okay, I was thinking literally. Wouldn't that be penis gazers? Why yeah. is it navel gazers? I don't know. It's just, it's more interesting to like. It's less. Uh, it's politi- it's less charged if you say. Did like, you just make that up, or is that a term? Navel gazing? No, yeah. no, no, no. I think that's an actual thing. I think it's a literary term. Navel gazing. Okay, you can look okay. it up. Please yeah. look it up, people <laughs> listening. All right, let's not be too PC. Dane, Dane, Dane. Pussy I, crushers. <laughs> <laughs> Dayun's gonna after his podcast. He's gonna go home, look at himself in the mirror. Uh, and I'm gonna navel and then, gaze. And then he's gonna put his phone on selfie mode, put it on the floor, <laughs> and navel gaze at the phone, pointed back at his ball sack. Hell yeah! <laughs> my 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 per, my perineum will be very visible. <laughs> I'm gonna rip it when I give birth. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we're gonna shit. we're gonna cut that out. So don't worry, guys. It's all good. <laughs> we're like yeah, cut her. your perineal. Right on. No, you're gonna cut edit this out, right? No, no. we're gonna cut your perineal. Oh uh, hell yeah! That's good. So Paolo. How are you feeling? 
Did you expect me to ask those questions? Thank you for sharing it and actually being open about it. I wasn't sure how you would react to it. I I'm not afraid to talk about myself. I just I'm not gonna throw it out there. No, of course, no of course. Asking. Anyway, Paolo, thank you for being on the show. Oh, happy to be here. Yeah, we kind of veered off the rails there at the end. Sorry. Oh, about no, that. I yeah. love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Much About Nothing.